0: Well, good morning. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 2. Last week, we, we, re- we read sort of the transition from chapter 1 to chapter 2, and it, and it ends, chapter 1, it ends with the mandate for mankind to steward the land. It says that we're to be stewards of what we have. And, and then it goes into, and we're going to be talking about that a little more in depth later, but then it goes to rest, about finding Sabbath rest, and how God set that example for us that we need to rest. And then we read in chapter 2 where we're going to focus a lot of our time this morning. It's a micro sort of, of day 6 of, of God creating man and woman. And so let's just follow along here. Verse uh, 5 is where we're going to start. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. So here we see this word work. We saw that God rested from his work. We see that we're called to rest from our work. But here in the beginning of creation, before the fall, you have to get this. Next week, we're going to get into the other, but before the fall, work was a part of who we are. Shocker for some of you, some of you go, oh, please, no. So I was listening, I was listening to a bunch of different stuff, and uh, one guy said this, and I don't know how totally I agree with it, but it's like, men hate the idea of going to heaven. You know, seeing... Seeing an angel half-naked on a cloud with a harp string in it doing nothing but on a cloud, that is not exciting for us. Guys, are you with me on that? All right, yeah, and this is not really a cool thing, right? And for some who I've talked to, the idea of worshiping for a million of years is not terribly exciting. Think about it. I mean, I love to worship, but we worship in everything, Okay? So worship isn't just us singing what we just did. Worship is in our relationships with each other. It's within how we raise our kids, how we treat our spouse, how we do on our job. That is what it is. So we see here in the Old Testament a cultural mandate. The cultural mandate of the Old Testament is to work and to be a steward of the land. So this cultural mandate in the Old Testament is what the Great Commission is to the New Testament. When you think about it. The Old Testament commission to be stewards of the land is very similar, is the mandate of the Great Commission to the New Testament. In Jesus' own words, he says that the new doesn't take out the old. So for those who have grown up, and maybe you've been a product of this environment to where uh, the cultural mandate is only the gospel, and t- please, do not if you know me enough, I'm not just saying only, to, to, that I'm belittling it. But if all you do and all your concern is how to win people over to Jesus, and that's your micro-focus, you're missing the breadth of the gospel. The gospel is much fuller than that. It's much deeper than that. It is broader than that. Work is a product of creation. So for our us to work is a glorious thing. And we're gonna go into it. Verse six, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. So I want you to get something. We are made of the same thing that all of nature is made of. So when man goes and he finds a plant or something in the seas and creates a medicine out of it, it helps them, it helps us, because we are all made of the same thing. And so there are things in this environment that are made for us To fix things that are a product of the fall but the problem is where we have a problem with stewardship and I think this is the problem that the generation after me has taken up strongly much stronger than we have and I I say we if you're in my age category it's broad I'm not saying you specifically but I grew up literally it was okay to dump my used oil from a vehicle into the backyard I didn't think anything twice about it. Some of y'all know that. I see some people agreeing with me. It's like, yeah, you know, some of you were raised on the eastern shore. Shoot whatever you want and eat it as long as you eat it. And so, you know, there's this thing of uh that I have to kick off of this the old way of how I was somewhat raised was just. We're not too concerned. And my dad was a wildlife manager, so I got to see the balance of it all. But there were still some things that came in that I had to really question, why do I do this and is it okay? So there's a, in, in, the, uh, in the term of relationship to man and its environment and the environment with itself, there's a term called symbiosis. And it means the interaction between two different organisms living in close physical association, typically to the advantage of both. So have you ever seen those fish that hook up to the sharks, and they just sort of latch on, and they go, there's other fish that go, and the bigger fish open their mouth, and the little fish goes in there and eats from inside of it. That's gross. But it does it, right? And, the, and, it, and it just, then the little fish leaves, and so it's a relationship that's beneficial for both. So that's mutualism. There's a mutual partnership in symbiosis in the, in the healthy way. But then you get into commensalism, where only one species benefits. The other is neither helped nor harmed. So it's sort of like one gets the benefit, the other one so not so much. You know, so there's some parasites that latch on that, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into that. If you know how many parasites were in your body, you all would probably just pass out dead right now. But... Uh, if you didn't have it, you would pass out dead. But they, they, we, we benefit from it. We don't even know we're benefiting it, from it, but there's less than where both are benefiting, and we both benefit the organisms that work within us. But then we go into the third, and what's the most dangerous part is parasitism. It's where only one benefits to the detriment of the other. One benefits to the detriment of the other. And so right now, I can tell you that... Um, from the reading and the studies I've done, the way, and I'm just gonna focus on Baltimore, and, and I don't want these naysayers on the eastern shore to start belittling Baltimore. I actually like Baltimore, and I like being there. But what I have studied and read from research people, and I had a guy that works in the system, is, is that all the substructure of Baltimore is failing. And so there are things to where you will hear, if there's a lot of rain, that there are thousands upon thousands, if not millions of gallons of sewage that runs over into the Chesapeake Bay, right? It's true. It's not a pretty sight. And that's why a lot of fishermen won't eat fish, and they, and they don't know what they're doing really because fish go and they migrate some of them, but um, from up closer to the city areas because there's a chance of more pollution, Remember, my dad managed a refuge in Virginia, uh, Preskill National Wildlife Refuge. There was a was a keto. What was it? Ketone. um, There was a ketone spill, and you couldn't eat fish from the James River. We, you know, we we had to be very careful. We actually didn't eat much of the fish. We would catch them, but there was a regulation because man spilled over into the environment, and it and it destroyed some of the environment, and so. We have to take the Old Testament commission of being stewards, I think, a little stronger. I want to unpack that in our work. I hope it makes sense. But I want you to ask yourselves, am I being a good steward? Not are you meeting everyone else's standard, but if are you taking care of what God has given you? Are you mutually respectful or are you a parasite? How's that for fun? All right, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So I want you to think about trees. We're going to be focusing on them a little bit. If you were to go uh, down maybe in Hillsboro and take a little kayak and you would go to smaller areas and you would see trees that have grown up and grown up and that tend to connect and they make a little over thing. There's like an intertwining of the trees. Same thing happens in the Amazon where it just grows from that for many different ways. But I, I want you to be thinking of how the trees are connected. I'm not saying that we are connected to the trees in that way but it unpacks a little further. There's a lot of symbolism going on. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it, to work it. Work is not a four-letter bad word. Work should be a four-letter good word. Before the fall, God put Adam into the area to work it and to keep it. When we, later on in chapter three, when we look at the product of the fall, we see that work, everything is working against us in our work. That didn't happen in the garden. There was still work. I believe that in heaven, there's gonna be work. It's not gonna be us lounging out on our uh, Key West big patios just chilling for all of our life. I believe God meant for us to work and that work is good for us, but work will be far more glorious than what we see now because we won't be kicking against stuff. Who's, who's grown a garden and been successful? Who's done a garden and has not been successful? This is me raising my hand. Okay, thank you for the honesty, right? I mean, you can't just dump seed in the soil and hope it works. Man, if you don't get dryness, you get the wind, you get animals, you know, my first, my first, uh, 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 better be uh, figure how to say this right, my first uh, hunting experience was taking out a groundhog in my dad's garden because he was eating all the beans, and he had beans in his mouth. I had evidence there, but you have, you know, you, you, he was enjoying that, but, you know, he, they were creating holes in everywhere, and it was like there was a lot of things going on. But um, we have to look at the uh, product of the fall and how it affects our work. When you plant something and it starts getting up, I think it's good, right? This is my thing. You get a tomato plant; it grows up, and I've watched my dad's actually successful at the potato plants or tomato plants, and I'm I'm just like impressed by it. But what you have to look out for is you have to flip over the leaf because what little critters underneath there are destroying that. Things are working against you on the fall. So before the fall, God sent Adam to work it and to keep it. So let's just go with this three tree idea. There are three trees referenced lightly here in Scripture. Um, And the first tree we're going to look at in the next slide will show. And I'm just going to say, what good is this tree? I'm not talking scientifically, but just climbing. Yes. Yes. Isn't it beautiful? Right? Yeah. And that's not wrong. You see, we're, we, we tend to come out of this guilt complex, right? Well, I can't have fun. But that's beautiful. You know, we, we just miss this beauty. It's meant for climbing. And if I'm a father of this tree and I'm caring for it, I'm going to look out for the limbs that are too weak and tell my kids not to climb on them for the benefit of the tree and the benefit of my kids. But it is beautiful. It might not do anything else but be good to climb on and good to see. It's beautiful. Nature is beautiful. Second tree. Oh, I'm sorry. Quote from G.K. Chesterton. We are perishing for the lack of wonder, not for lack of wonders. Do you take the time to appreciate the beauty that is all around us here? We live in a stunning place. Yes, there's other places. There's mountain ranges in other places. They're beauty of their own. But you go and you get out on the water or you see the, the animals in, on the farmlands or you just, it's home for many of us. And there's just peace. I still remember when I got back from basic training driving over and I was driving myself over the Bay Bridge. And there was just peace like I never knew. Especially coming out of that mess. You know, just coming into I'm like, man, I'm back home. Farmland, that's good. There wasn't congestion on the bridge. So that wasn't bugging me at the time. But, uh, you know, but it's just like we are perishing from the lack of wonder. We don't, sometimes we just don't take the time, and I am the most guilty of it, to enjoy what's right before us. Just, just look around. I mean, stained glass is beautiful. It was created. There's so much, the sunrise, the sunset, the birds on the trees, singing in the trees and and just doing their thing. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's beautiful. There's a second tree, and it's good for nourishment. And it's meant for enjoyment or pleasure. You ever, you ever notice that you eat with your eyes first you know the really good chefs you know sort of in the Gordon Ramsay Michelin star level they they make this masterpiece that is beautiful like one of the places locally that does that is the uh, sushi place out on Route 50 if you've ever been there the outside looks like it's a dive it's the old Sonic but inside they've decorated it up and they bring you and if some of you might not get like sushi I'm not like trying to grocery out or anything they bring you the sushi, and they've got carrots that are cut up into fine things, and cucumbers that are decorated, and flower, edible flowers on it. It's beautiful. And so right away, I'm just like, man, that looks good. And then if you're a fan of wasabi, and I'm a fan of wasabi, you take that soy sauce out, and you put the wasabi in, and I just, I cheat maybe. I do it the easy way. I, I, I might do it the, uh, Greek or the, um, the white guy way, but... I stick the wasabi in the soy sauce and mix it around and I smell that wasabi and that soy sauce and I try to gauge how much it's gonna hurt me. Right? So I smell it, right? If you're cooking a steak on a grill, that sound of sizzling, you ever been to Roos- Chris Steakhouse, sort of what they're known for. Just that sizzling coming out. When my wife cooks, day, I just hear that sizzling. It's like, man, I am salivating. It is meant for for good, for pleasure. The trees are meant for us, but they're also not meant for us to disregard and and take captive in a bad way. It's pleasurable. I think there's many in this room that suffered some from the legalistic church like I did, where if we say it's pleasurable, it is bad. Any of y'all ever grow up like that? If you're having fun, it must not be godly. Am I the only, okay, I've got another one in this room. Like, it's like, you know, well, you can't, this, you can't do 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 this. What can I do? Bring your big Bible in your tie and say, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir, and you're good. It's like, don't have fun. And it's like, I didn't know how to handle that. I just didn't. But the trees are meant for our pleasure. The produce are meant for us to enjoy, but they're also not meant for us to take advantage of. They need to be cared for and pruned and treated well. And so when we were in Albania, we noticed that every yard has fruit trees in it, lemon trees, uh, various kind of trees, plum trees in their thing, and they were caring for it, and they ate of that food. So because it is good, we cultivate it, and we continue, therefore, to enjoy it. And then there's a third tree. The third tree we're going to call the knowledge of good and evil or maybe I just want to say the truth tree this is the one that most people will butt up against the hardest in our culture when i say truth you think of jack nicholson don't you you can't handle the truth many of us at many of our times and many of our pointed lives can't handle truth we can't handle criticism because it hurts us, but this truth that we're going to look in, and we're going to unpack this part more in the coming weeks, is God's truth. Not your truth or my truth, but God's truth. Henry David Thoreau said, rather than love, than money, than fame, give me truth. Give me truth. Martin Luther King says this, Work is love made visible, and if you cannot work with love but only with distaste, it is better that you should leave your work and sit at the gate of the temple and take alms of those who work with joy. Ooh. That's pretty hard, isn't it? Y'all dead quiet on that. I'm, I mean dead quiet, pin drop. He, I, he's not saying... Quit your job and go beg. It's not what he's saying. But he's saying that work is meant to be so much more. And I fell into this trap of difficult bosses and difficult people and things. And I began to look at my job, and I'm, I'm talking church and UPS with safety, my job more about people obeying the rules and doing right or wrong and me making sure that's right as opposed to loving the people. And what God has begun to unpack in me, and it's glorious, is that my job is to love the people first, and to, by loving them, draw them into a safety culture. Same thing preaching. My job is not to beat you over the head. I do it sometimes. Hopefully it doesn't hurt too bad. But it's to love you and to encourage you to follow after the path of Jesus, not Eric's path, because Eric's path is full of of turmoil. These trees of beauty, of goodness, and truth, I believe, bring us balance. These three must all guide your work. So in one sense, Adam was the federal head of one tree. He ate, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and ultimately they died. And Jesus was the uh, federal head with another tree where he came by lived a sinless life and died on a tree so what's supposed to be work supposed to be like first corinthians ten thirty one. so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of god we all know that most of us know that verse all to the glory of god and we quote it maybe when we have a glass of wine Or some good food, all to the glory of God. This is great. We're sitting on the sunset watching, all to the glory of God. This is great. The glory of God and his renown. You know, you got some fresh steamed crabs and some oysters. Glory of God. Warm and fuzzy feels good. It's like an old 80s song. It feels good. You know, but Jesus, I'm sorry about that. That wasn't in my notes. But work is meant to be done for the glory of God. Period. So whether you're a lawyer, whether you are a guy that works on, the tr- a guy who works on the trash truck, whether you are an educator, whatever you're doing, you're called to do it for the glory of God. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let me just give you a little free one here. Your work will never be done. This should free some of you. Are you like me and make these huge lists every day? I make these lists, right? And I try to get into the practice of meditating and keeping a legal pad beside me. And when I'm meditating on the Lord, I come up with ideas and I throw them down the list to get them off my head, right? Then I make these huge lists and they're novel. They are. But let me tell you, if I don't make that list, an hour later, when I sit down upstairs, I'll sit, and I'll stop, and I'll be like, oh, dear God, what was that? And it's gone. So I have this list, and now I am encouraged that I don't need to finish my whole list to be successful because my lists never get done. Who here always get everything on their list done every day this past year? Just stand up and give us a witness. You're either not making our list or your list is too short. And that stuff's not flying here. Cause I'll ask you. Right? So we we need to do that, but our work never gets done. And that was so freeing for me because I always got discouraged. Will this never get done? Clear your emails out, then bing, bing. You know, there's more emails. Dad, go on it. You know, and it's joyful, right? All to the glory of God. And you folks that like group text. Be gentle. <laughs> I'm going to throw my mic at for the glory of God. That's taken, taken out of Scripture, right? Taken out of context. But our work's never done. Moms, when you do that last bit of laundry and fold that last piece and put it in the drawer and your kid drops a load on their other new clothes that are clean, it's real life, is it not? It's, it's the truth. It's never done. Let yourself off the hook a little bit. A little bit, because now I'm going to put you back on the hook. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Whoever your boss is at work, his or her boss is God, whether they know it or not. And we work for God. Period. so I've got to be careful that I don't like, I'm not meeting anything by it, but I'm like, you don't like your boss? And you just, oh, you just go around and say, that person's a jerk. I'm not gonna do stuff just because. You're not working unto the Lord. You're serving the flesh. Another thing I just want to throw in for free is that work should come from our rest. Listen to how we read last week in the evening, and the morning was the first day, right? Our work should come out of rest. So I'm going to press in a little bit. If you are staying up to ungodly times at night, and you have to get up reasonably early, and you're always tired, you're not working out of rest. Dead quiet. You're not. And so what do you do about these things? We should work out of our rest. And so here's what I wanna encourage you to do. So we're talking about work and how to improve yourself. And so I'm not a big self-help guy, but I am. I believe that Jesus calls us to trust him in grace, but he also calls us to do work and to better ourselves. And so I listened to a podcast, and some of you are gonna laugh at me. This, this is, uh, there's two people here. The right guy up here is Jocko Willick, he's a former SEAL team commander of one of the highest, de- if not the highest decorated SEAL team in uh, the, in the two, early 2000s. He commanded a whole SEAL team. And if you can't imagine responsibility, imagine overseeing, working for a bunch of type A, mostly guys, who think they can do it better than you. You want to talk about a job. To the left of him is Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson. He, I am a fan of him, and Dr. Jordan Peterson is from Canada, and some of you go, Canada? Uh, But he is fantastic, and he got his knowledge about life broadly from uh, studying down, and he read Solzhenitsyn's thing on the, uh, on the rush, are dirty deep down. We're all culpable and capable. Is that Dr. Peterson calling now? So he, you know, he, he reads that and he said, every one of us are capable of doing bad things. And so on this particular podcast, they were talking about work. And Jocko, and he's got a great SEAL team commander name, anyone named Jocko, I mean, he better be tough. Um, he said, people thought of me different than I really was. He said, they thought that Jocko was gonna do what Jocko was gonna do. And if he had a bad commander, that it didn't matter. He was gonna do what he wanted. He said, it's the furthest from the truth he listened and obeyed the command in order to get their ears so that he could build into them and that the command would trust him. And, and Peterson says this. He said, people are looking at their work and are often, often disenfranchised and angry but aren't willing to better themselves. And he gives some very practical things. Peterson says, you know, if you don't like your job, first do well at it and serve as best as you can, but begin to better yourself and write a resume. The problem is, when you might write a resume, it might expose problems in your history. We all have maybe some of those, right? And so we, we like being the victim. That's the problem with our culture right now. Everyone wants to be the victim. It happened in Ukraine when, uh, in, with communism, the, the people who ran agriculture... And had more money than the people who worked agriculture. And then the Russians came in and said, They are evil because they make more than you. And they didn't let them eat anything. And then it was just, it all fell apart. And then we had mass starvation. We all want to be the victim. It's easy to be the victim. I want to tell you, don't be a victim. I'm frankly tired of it. And I'm not saying I've not done it. Write a resume. Look at it how an employer would look at it. If there's, if there's hitches in it, maybe decide what you can do better to improve your situation. Send resumes out and expect, as Peterson says, 99% of them to be returned. But if 99% are returned and 100 were sent out, what happens to that one? Ding, 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 right? You might get the job. But if you sit there and are the victim all the time, and woe with me, and oh, my life is miserable, and oh, I've worked for this wretched boss, and all this, and all this, this is not how God created you to be. And so I listened to Jocko's podcast and also Dr. Stevenson to better myself, to figure out some flaws in my leadership, and in doing so, I have found many. We should be bettering ourselves. Peterson calls it breaking your wretched loop. You know what loop I'm talking about in your head? Oh, I don't like my job. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, but I got to do my job because I don't have my job. It won't pay the bills. That's good, right? So, you can't quit your job yet. And then it usually stops there. I don't like my job. I can't quit it. So, here I am, pitiful Christian, working for the glory of God, all things for the glory of God. Verse 16 we see, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So I want you to think about the Amazon story. Remember when the trees connecting? Revelation twenty-two. The end of all things, the consummation of all things. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Healing of the nations. There was a fall because of the misuse of one tree. There was a promise given on the cross on another tree. And there was completion that we have to look forward to from the tree of life and the redemption of creation. The Old Testament mandate is still important to care for our land, to be good stewards, to work well, to serve. The Great Commission tells us that we are to be trees that are producing fruit So that others see what's coming and want to partake of it and say, what is it that you're eating? I think the problem is, in a lot of Christian cases and where we've lost to some degree, and I pray we gain it back, the culture war, is that the tree on our, the fruit on our tree is disheveled and falling to the ground and not bringing glory to God. What are you going to do about it? If you're here, I'm not here to beat you up. This is me. I can tell you story after story of how I did it wrong. Don't think I'm up here just waylaying. But what are you going to do about it? If you don't like your job and you can't stop your job, then begin to explore what God might want you to do. At the same time, serve God. Work with all your might, serve as unto the Lord, and, and begin to open up the process of how God might change your situation. If not, don't be frank. You know, it's sort of like, um, um, what is it about work? You know, Oh, God, I mean, the Bible says if you, if you don't work, you, you don't eat. That's a good one, right? But it's like, we just don't sit and loathe ourselves without stepping outside of it, maybe getting help Having a friend critique you, saying, what's wrong with my game? People will tell you. Get ready. If you ask the right person, it hurts. But the wounds of a friend are so good. And it's meant to make us more like Jesus so that we come and our fruit is on our tree and we're growing and we begin to see healing of the nations. Would you please stand as we get ready to come to communion? Romans chapter 8 says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth. Salvation isn't just for your soul. It's for your work. It's for your relationships. It's for your growth. It's for your godliness. All to the glory of God. Heavenly Father, as we come to communion and we celebrate the God-man who died on the cross, who died on the tree, and Lord, when we look at our own trees and we evaluate honestly, Lord, there's, in my life, there's things that I don't like there. Lord, help us to do work, to prune, to be cared for. Lord, help us to do something, not just sit, and pray, and hope something happens. It's a plan to fail. Prayer's good. Don't get me wrong. Don't misinterpret it. Lord Jesus, help us to do this well. Lord, help us to be, as uh, Pastor Todd said earlier in a meeting, help us to be a nation within a nation that is doing good work for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.